Howdy everybody, Cable Smith welcoming each and every one of you into episode 123 of Justified Pursuit. It is great to be here and it's great to see the good counselor, Chisholm Cook's smiling face. I know he's smiling because the Texas Rangers are 12 and 6 and in first place. Woohoo! I didn't even know that. Uh, wow. Well, you're not a, you didn't know that we came to Houston if, and just kicked you off. If I'm smiling about baseball, it's because the Astros, if, defending if World smi- Series champs. If I'm smiling about baseball, it's for exactly that last point that my Houston Astros are World Series champs and that they uh, were able to sweep away any complaints about their 2017 uh, World Series championship as well by doing so. Cheater championship, but yes. Okay. Uh, what about last so year? What about last you, year? Last year was pretty legit. Probably last still year. smiling good. that you have the worst ever Hall of Famer in Craig Biggio, but uh, I digress. Uh, did you know, Chisholm? Did you know? <laughs> Slap you in public. Did you know that NBC has tied home run increases to climate change? <laughs> I did. <laughs> they did a whole like three minute special on yeah. home run. Dove into it, analyzed the stats. Uh, has nothing to do with the way that guys swing the bat now, trying to undercut the ball. I have nothing to do with that. Nothing to do uh, with. The amount of weights these dudes lift these days, nothing to do with that either. And or the PEDs they're undoubtedly still taking that uh, yeah. that the testing science hasn't caught up to yet. I, do they not? They didn't. What they didn't take into account is like a two fifty batting average when we were kids was pretty subpar. Today, two fifty is great if you're smashing 35, 40 home runs. They don't even care if you hit two twenty. They don't care. It's yeah. It's and what about Roger Maris is sixty one in New York? With its, you know, relatively chilly spring and fall climates, mm-hmm. whatever. Yeah. Right. It's 61 right. and 61. When, it was in 1961, right? I always I mean, like I the symmetry of that. I don't remember if, that, if that's true. I, I think he had 61 in 1961. But Aaron Judge is the new all-time home run leader, in my opinion. I don't give any credence to uh, McGuire, Sosa, or Bonds, who are all roided up. Hey, Judge could be roided up, too. But until uh, someone set, proves it, then I'm going to say eh, he's the home run champ. Are, Are you a fan of the old 007 films? With which James Bond? Who Who's the actor? Just John any Connery? of the older ones. I don't know who. I think no, I don't watch. I don't. I don't watch any of the old ones. There was a villain. A villain in one of the older ones, probably like the 70s era, that had like a grill full of metal in his mouth. Mm-hmm. Bullet tooth or something. Does that sound right? I don't know. He reminds me of Aaron Judge, or Aaron Judge reminds me of him. Mm. Dude's got a grill. I don't know how to respond to that, but he is like six seven. He's a hulking human being. Hideous teeth. <laughs> okay. Uh, besides that, um, I'm enjoying my first cup of coffee since Monday because I didn't have the. I was afraid to uh, drink coffee because literally peeing out of my rear end for 36 hours, starting on Monday afternoon, toughed it out. Went to my soccer game at 10:30. Usually we drink beers after the game. And they're like, dude, are you all right? And I'm like, I got to go home. I just do not feel good. And then spend all night with the chills coming in and out of uh, sweats and everything. It felt nauseous. Never threw up. Probably felt bad for 36 hours. 
And then by yesterday afternoon, I was feeling better. Good enough to go trade in my piece of crap Chevy. But uh, while that was happening, Aaron texts me, all hell is breaking loose at the house. And I'm like, what's going on? She goes, I just had to pick up the girls from school because Stella went to the nurse's office and said, I don't feel good. And they said, okay, well, you don't have a fever. Go back to class. On her way back to class, she stopped at the restroom and didn't even make it into the restroom and puked all over the doorway into the restroom. Meanwhile, Frankie is coming to the nurse's office from a different part of the school and pukes in the hallway, literally like five minutes apart. And Aaron walked into the nurse's room and said it just smelled like rancid vomit. Kids just covered in vomit. And uh, <sighs> yeah, so that was, that's, that was what's going on. I, I don't. I'm assuming it's the same stomach bug. Although, oh, for sure, you've already had it. The question is, is Aaron going to be? No, no. Aaron was hugging the toilet last night. All right. Yeah. So it's, it's almost done. Everybody's almost done. <laughs> yeah. Except for Henry he has a state cup soccer tournament this weekend. He hasn't gotten it yet. And last night I'm making him. What is it? Uh, those chunky man. Like I'm still still don't have a lot of energy. I was like, I'm not making anything fancy for dinner. Here's a can of Campbell's chunky soup. Yeah. Pot roast. Uh, and I pour that into the thing, heat it up. I add some leftover deer steak, cut it up, put it in there. And I look at the color of this thing. I'm like, this is orange. If he gets sick in the middle of the night, I'm going to be cleaning up orange soup off the carpet. So I put that in a, uh, container, put it in the fridge and made him some, some pretty bland ramen noodles, and some toast for dinner. <laughs> hey, I've been a parent for a little while now. Oh, that was brilliant. Good thought. Did I hear you say you you did trade your truck in? That's done. I did. I traded yeah. it in. Yeah. And so, but also, in. I sat on the. So the girls are still laid up on the couch. Uh, they didn't even go up to their room last night, and so they they spent the night there. And I sat in my armchair until twelve o'clock, and I was just restless. I was like trying to go to sleep there because Frankie's over there moaning. Uh, and she doesn't feel good. And I finally was like, I just got to go to my room. But before I did that, Stella woke up and quickly puked on the carpet. So that was awesome. Yeah. Just. Doing fun stuff, dad life, and well, because Aaron at that point is already in bed, nauseous, and you know, but she had handled everything while I was sick, so it was my turn to step up and clean up vomit. Yep. Plus, you're immune. Um, we had it the other day. Immunity is uh, a weird thing. Run through our <laughs> what? Immunity is a weird thing. Yeah. <laughs> um, we had it run through our house the other day, like what two weeks ago. I may have mentioned it on the show, um, which I find interesting because I don't know if I ever mentioned this before, but there was this stretch in the woodlands uh, when we lived in the woodlands. So that was like probably somewhere around 2015 to 2018 where I began to notice how these bugs would sort of just like come out of nowhere. And like everybody you knew, no matter where they lived, was talking about the same stomach bug or the same head cold or the same mm -hmm. flu. And I remember thinking like, dude, are the Chinese, this was way before I became a legit conspiracy theorist like I am now. Um, I remember thinking of the Chinese like dusting us with crap or our own government, mm. which, oh, by the way, they've done and they've acknowledged in San Francisco in particular. They dusted the city of San Francisco in the 70s with a virus to see what happened. Uh, and as we've talked that. about, the Clinton administration has a 25 minute video on the Internet where they were explaining how the U.S., uh, I think it was run through the Department of Defense, was bombarding unwitting, unknowing American citizens with radiation for like 40 years to see what would happen to them um, against the Geneva Convention. Uh, and then, of course, there's this man-made super virus more recently that did come out of China that has changed the world as we know it. China. Yeah. Isn't it weird, though? Like, all of a sudden, like, everybody's sick with a stomach bug. It's like, mm. what's causing that? 
It is. Um, it is weird. Cheering for Henry. Too. Back then, I thought I was Not maybe kidding. just going. Yeah, hopefully Henry stays healthy and gets to play a soccer co- soccer game, match tournament. Um, back then, I thought of those thoughts as just ludicrous, and I was like, maybe I'm going crazy. And then now, five years, seven years later, whatever it's been, I am crazy. Um, but they did it to me, so. I don't disagree. Have you ever been so sick that you like your house or your destination is five minutes away and you had to just pull over and take a dump? I have been darn close, but I can't recall a time where I actually had to do that. So on the way to my soccer game, I had to find a parking lot and a tree in like a dark corner of and, you know, and, and I always have toilet paper in the trunk, but that's actually what happened. Yeah, it was bad, dude. Thankfully, that's, I guess my, my bowels are <laughs> my bowels are re- reliable enough that I don't carry paper toilet paper with me anywhere. But that's weird that you don't have toilet paper in your truck. I've told you a hundred times: if you'd stop drinking so much, your gut would be a lot more stable. Yeah, but <laughs> when I don't drink, nothing changes. So nothing changes. Nothing. Cha- I mean, it's the well, same. Like, and on Mondays, I always. So that's why I didn't really think I was sick because Mondays. I don't know if it's like I'm excited about playing in my soccer games, and I so I usually just have like loose stool on Mondays. I think it's probably from beer and whiskey all weekend, and uh, probably wheat. I, think, I bet you have a gluten issue that you don't even realize. I know you eat crappy flour tortillas instead of proper Mexican corn tortillas. I do so, like flour tortillas. Yeah, actually, Gringo that's tortillas. the first thing that I had once I felt better yesterday. The first food I ate in <laughs> two days was <laughs> some tacos. Uh, after I got the new truck, uh, yeah. hey, I'll take the psoas massages and, and massage ball as a win and leave your fouled up gut to you. Hmm. Maybe, maybe one day you'll wise up. Yeah, maybe so. Maybe you should carry toilet paper though. Uh, That's I highly, highly advise. I haven't ever been in that need. It's weird to me. So yeah, I got a new truck. I'm now on team Ford. Nice. Yeah. What, uh, I was going to, I know it's an F one fifty, but what trim level did you get? Tell everybody how fancy you are. No, I, that's the thing is there's no leather. It's really, that's the only thing it didn't have that I'm like, so I'm going to put leather in it. Not because I'm that fancy, but because I have kids and they're messy. Yeah. And uh, yeah. That's so is it an XLT? Way. I think so. I don't know. I don't even know. Normally if it was a Lariat, it would have leather. It's not a Lariat. Loaded other than that, I guess. It's the same year as mine. So 2018, right. but it has 20,000 less miles. And the last two trucks I've bought, I've bought with like 15,000 miles on them. And I was like, just how expensive trucks have gotten. And I had, dude, I bought my first, that that Chevy that I traded in, the Silverado, I bought four years ago, I think, maybe five with about 15,000 miles on it. I think I paid $36,000 for it. Leather, loaded, and (laughs) and then I drove it to 85,000 miles and they gave me $32,000 for it. Nice. It doesn't make any sense to me. And you bought another same year model four years later with less options and all and paid not that much less than what you paid for that truck, right? I got out with I got got out of there well under ten thousand dollars. Like which for me, just getting rid of the headache of that like when we went on our turkey hunt, I've told you I've spent eleven thousand dollars just to keep that truck operational in the last two years. Eleven grand <laughs> on a twenty eighteen truck. And uh so we went on the turkey hunt and some of the sensors that they supposedly fixed while over Christmas and everything when the truck was in the shop for three freaking months started to come back on 
And I told Aaron, and she's like, just get rid of it. The things government like motors. Get GM rid of it. Does not stand for general. It stands for government motors. So we are team Ford now, and uh, the 5.0 V8 has a great reputation. So we're gonna ride that train. See how it pretty goes. quick. Yeah. 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 So we talked about being sick. You guys are healthy. How are things at your house? We talked about me. What's going on at the uh, Cook household? What is going on here? Um, I got my oldest is dealing with foot and ankle pain because of like basically an accumulated calf. I, I, it's funny. She's been so, so, okay. Sounds like she needs the Theragun. She does. Back in like January, her horse stepped on her foot. What kind of that ankle? Hurt. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It did, and she was hurt, and then so track season started. Speaking and of she was, fancy, people that own horses. Don't even, just don't. <laughs> Cue up the Mozart music in the background. Don't. Da, 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 da. Just don't. <laughs> um, <laughs> so she was limping around, and she, she, to her credit, sucked it up and you know got into track, and it would kind of flare up, and it would feel better, and it would flare up and feel better. Well, now, all of a sudden, she's dealing with this, what sounds kind of, this sound, sounds like plantar fasciitis in the other foot, and I'm sure it was from compensating. Now, finally, her ankle is better, but now her other foot is hurting, and it started off as like a burning pain in her arch. Now, it's like moving up to her ankle, and she's been complaining about it, and it seems to be getting worse, and then I was like, sweetie, you need to take those tools that I have. You need to scrape it. Yeah, massage gun it all that stuff. So then we, we got home from youth group last night and put some, um, kind of icy hot type stuff on it. And I started pressing, I started at like her ankle and I kept working up like right underneath her shin bone. And all of a sudden she's like, ow, 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 ow. And I could feel it. Right. I've learned like through my last five years of six years, seven years or whatever, figuring all this stuff out. I was like, yeah, right there. So we scraped it a little bit and it immediately turned red. I was like, it shouldn't mm. do that. And she felt immediate relief. It's back this morning because now she has to work to get all that knocked out. Right. But, mm. um, anyway, Dr. Dr. Cook, uh, nailed it again. And then my, uh, 12 year old Charlotte, she's, uh, you know, turned into a full blown jock this year, playing like three different sports. And turns out she's really fast. She's a really strong 200 meter, uh, sprinter. Um, and then after her second, meet where she took, I think, third overall in her in the fifth and sixth grade girls, 200. She was at a school dance about three weeks ago and like fell and hurt her knee. And you keep asking her, like, did it pop anything? She's like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't even remember. I just know I got hurt, which means she got all jacked up on sugar and was losing her mind like a goofy preteen 12 year old girl would be right. And like fell down and doesn't even know what happened. But she's been complaining that it feels loose. Anyway, so she went and saw the lady who does all of our soft tissue stuff and her IT bands are like tight as piano strings. So that Mm. definitely causes knee pain. So hoping to get these girls to take recovery seriously at an age where you and I didn't even know it was a thing. No, no, we've, we know so much more about sports science and recovery than we did when we were kids. And and we were kids, we knew infinitely more than our parents, but I don't think until the last 20 years, anybody really paid any attention to it. I certainly didn't know when I, when I got in my wreck, I think it was probably 26 or 27 and this lady T-boned me and I was driving back to Texarkana where Aaron and I had our first home and I took that job at the radio station there and this lady T-bones me and my, my back hurt, you know, I didn't do any of the rehab at all. I was like, I'm young. I'm fine. It didn't hurt right then really. And then here we are 41 and 
I wish I would have taken that seriously. I have a feeling it's the sitting that's creating the problems, which is evidenced by the fact that the psoas massages, the invasive psoas massages are helping you. Mm-hmm. What's, you sent me this headline this week that uh, some of the original vaccines are no longer... Wait, before we get into this, I caught a big bass. You did? Mm-hmm. On my you fly ride. Send, you didn't text me a picture of that, loser. I need to. 5.3 pounds. Whew. It was a stock was pond. Nice. But yeah, yeah. 5.3 pound bass on a five weight fly rod. That's awesome. Pretty stoked. What, yeah. what, what fly? It was a frog popper. Mm. It was fun, man. Working, we were just walking the bank and uh, it was late, late evening, you know, six to 6 p.m. to dark. And uh, you were just watching the, you know, these bass swirl and bomb off the, sh- off the, off the like bank, you know, and uh, probably caught five that I landed. I broke off a big one. May have been bigger than my five three, um, but this one swirled about probably six feet off the bank. So I put it, I put a, that popper right in that swirl and twitched it a couple times, and then set the hook and it was jumping. It was coming up out of the water, and when it is the biggest bass I've ever caught. When it came out of the water and its head was bigger around than like the rest of its body, I was like, oh, whoa, yeah, that's cool. That's pretty good on a fly rod, and and certainly for a saltwater snob like yourself. Definitely not a snob. I like catching bass. I would yeah. love to go on a good crappie. I, I'm I'm all in on the freshwater thing. I just need help figuring it out. Right on. Well, like uh, kudos to you. That's a big bass on a. It's a big bass regardless. But yeah. uh, five pounds. I mean, we have a song about it. Five pound bass. Right. So quite anyway, an accomplishment. Getting back to whatever Where we I was going. Teeing up. Yeah. Yeah. Uh. So some of the original vaccines are now no longer authorized. All of them. Yeah. So. Yeah, expand on Yeah, that. so this is pretty interesting. Um, y'all remember that the original mRNA vaccines for Moderna and Pfizer were granted emergency use authorization. We detailed this pretty extensively. Then somewhere along, what was it, 2021, we were told they were granted full, full authorization by the FDA, but then they were no longer called the Pfizer and Moderna COVID-19 jabs. They were called something called the Pfizer one comernity. Actually, so I don't even know if Moderna somewhere in this... And the underlying theme here, didn't this give them protection from being sued? Right. That's what, that's what, um, I know JFK junior, uh, RFK junior says, uh, and a whole bunch of other people that, yeah, by, by granting them formal, um, full approval, then they ended up with like some kind of additional, like m- new layer of immunity from liability. So different than the immunity that the vaccines didn't give the recipients. Not that kind of immunity, right? Oh. Like real, <laughs> like the government's going to protect your ass immunity, not like the government's going to make you take a shot that's going to maybe give you a heart problem immunity. Yeah. Right. Uh, that doesn't also, that also does not keep you from catching the virus the shot's intended to keep from spreading. Right. <clears throat> um, anyway, we were told that Comirnaty, I don't, I guess Moderna never got full FDA approval, but Pfizer did under a new brand called Comirnaty. Yet, you couldn't get a Comirnaty shot anyway, anywhere. Remember? You still yeah. can't, as far as I know. And they said, yeah, it's a production issue or something. like that. Dude, it was all the biggest, biggest blatant crock, right? Well, then on Monday of this week, I think it was, the FDA posts online and on Twitter that the original monovalent, if you've heard the term recently, bivalent, that's mm-hmm. crucial to this discussion, the original monovalent Moderna and Pfizer vaccines are no longer available in the U.S., Monovalent, as I understand it, means that they were attacking one specific form, the original form of uh, you know the, the alpha uh, COVID nineteen variant. 
I will say some of the, some of the medical doctors that I trust on this, um, like Dr. Peter McCullough have explained pretty extensively. Part of the problem with the MRNA shots is that they're so specific. And I think we've detailed this, right? Like they so specifically attack like just the spike proteins that you're not getting protection against like 28 other proteins that the virus carries, right? Versus natural, naturally occurring, you know, infection immunity, which does protect you from all the other stuff, right? If you catch the virus, you get all the pieces of the virus. If you just get the jab, you only get protection supposedly from the spike proteins, right? So mm-hmm. that, in other words, was triggering, creating a rapid vari- variation in the virus because all the vi- virus had to do, instead of getting around your immunity to 28 proteins, it just had to get around your immunity to one, right? right? So the new bivalent vaccines that they rolled out late last year, bivalent means that they're they're supposed to work against the original variant, the original alpha and all of its like through Delta and all that side. Right. But if you recall Omicron, when it bust on the scene was so unique, it was as if it had had its own genealogical tree. So like, so like at that time you had Delta that summer and then Omicron that fall, and they were so different that their lineage both tracked back to the alpha. And it was as if there was a whole different evolutionary sequence going on to get to Omicron totally different from the beta and the gamma and the delta, right? And it came out of South Africa. And Mm. so the powers that be told us, yeah, yeah, it was kind of doing its own little thing in South Africa, and then it busts loose. Some, and this was even reported on the news, were saying it may have actually been engineered to become a naturally occurring infection protection because it was weaker, wasn't killing anybody, right? So begs the question, why the hell do we need the vaccine for in the first place? It's just the cold. Right. Anyway, my understanding of bivalent is that it's to protect you against both lineages. Still doesn't. Still, um, whereas, you're still chasing your tail though, because you're always trying to catch up with the latest variant. Like, and that's what this this technology. Even though the shots didn't work anyway, uh, I need you a know, bell. You're, I need a little ta- bell that I can ring and go ding. Yeah, you're taking a yeah. shot for Omicron for the previous variants, and they're like, yeah, yeah, take this for Omicron. Right. Well, is this good for B one eight R two D two C three But that's what they would say. Right. <laughs> so the main thing it's, is, it's just like we've said. Like, that's why there's no shot for the cold. The main thing is the original jabs are no longer available. And also, interestingly, though, now they're promoting the bivalent jabs. And the second dose of boosters of the bivalent jabs are only available to people 65 and older. Hmm. So now they're no longer promoting promoting boosters of the new fancy new bivalent jabs for people under 65, which leads me to ask the question, I wonder why I will say I shared this with a friend of mine who has vaccine regret. It's like, Hey man, did you see that? Thankfully he's a good enough friend along. We've been friends since seventh grade Mm -hmm. and his eyes are open now to what's happening in the world. And so we're able to talk where I don't feel like I have to walk on eggshells. How many people in your life took these shots that you can't even talk to about it? Uh, I can talk to my parents about it. My siblings, they still, I feel like, well, you uh, don't have much of a filter, but if you came across somebody who'd had the jabs and let's say, well, let's just say, okay, I, I might suddenly get a cancer my fantasy diagnosis. football group text. Like they're all, if I bring it up, they're like, why are we talking about this? Who cares? Like we don't, but you don't anything. hesitate to bring it up. What I'm saying is like, 
let's say you have a friend or, or family member who suddenly finds themselves with a heart disease, like somebody that I know who had three of these stupid shots mm -hmm. or has a new tumor, like multiple people that I know that have had these shots. Do you feel like in that situation, you could even say, you think it might've had anything to do with those shots or do you just bite your tongue? I think you just bite your tongue. Right. That's the part of the problem. That's part I, of I don't disagree with you, but then, I mean, don't get me wrong. How I'm do you walk the line of uh, saying, I really care about you? Have you thought maybe this is why versus sounding like I told you so? Like, well, because to them, it might come out as you're saying, I told you so. And if they just got what a cancer sucks, diagnosis, dude, is that they don't these need people to need that. to be telling their doctors, I think this is from that damn shot and I want you to evaluate it. But you know what the doctors are telling them? The doctors are telling them it's probably because you had COVID. <laughs> right. Mm hmm. I have somebody that I just spoke to in the last week that's had three shots and now has a heart problem. And they're saying they had, it was because they had COVID because that's what the doctor said. Now, I will admit when they did catch COVID, that person got sick, hospitalized, super sick. So it may very well be from that. May very I well mean, be from that. My mom still has like still is not functioning at 100%. Right. Yeah. But back but to my she friend. She spent a month in the hospital. 40, back, actually 40 days. Back to my friend. He knows my heart and he knows that I'm not trying to rub things in. And I was like, so uh, did you see that the FDA withdrew the authorization for the original uh, mRNA shots? And he goes, well, that's cool. <laughs> that was his response. He was being quite why, sarcastic. Why this isn't headline news is, I mean, beyond me. I'll do you one better. What's the news actually full of at the moment? Gun violence. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Trump. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Trump DeSantis. Look at the shiny objects. Mm -hmm. Today, amazingly, there's a whistleblower stepping forth from the IRS that even NBC and CBS are acknowledging who's seeking immunity protection because he wants to blow the whistle on the fact that the IRS and the FBI are covering Hunter Biden's ass because Hunter Biden has been under investigation for his corrupt business dealings by a grand jury in Delaware since 2018. That's seven friggin' years ago and nothing's happened with it yet. That's in the news all of a sudden, like we're going to see any sort of resolution there, right? Yeah. Your exact point. They float this out there on Twitter and nobody talks about it. And instead we get an absolute, you know, turd floating deluge of other news, shiny objects to distract us from the fact that, oh, wait, y'all decided that needed to be pulled? Like, hey, you know, okay, so you're admitting it doesn't work because that variant is long since dead. Fair enough. Um... That means it has to be, its authorization has to go away? Like, maybe they just stopped making it. Seems weird that you would go all the way to saying, because I would have bet there's still a whole bunch of those shots out there. What's mm -hmm. the need for actually withdrawing the authorization? How about just be like, we're not giving those anymore? Hmm. I mean, it's a loose end that's being tied up. I may be reading yeah. too much conspiracy theory into it, but. I had a breakthrough uh, with someone important in my life uh, this past weekend. Because, and it didn't change anything, but uh, they agreed that the election was stolen. Not not through voter fraud, but through, through bad once, information. Through, no, through, through, the, through the FBI and CIA colluding with big tech. Well, yeah, that's, that's what yeah, I meant. Right. right? Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, so he, yes. he, he, this person finally said, yeah, we stole it. I said, and that's good. He goes, well, it's better than Trump. So, but at least he admitted, he admitted that it was stolen. And I said, because so you know, have... it was on the heels of our podcast where we talked, where I said they stole it. I admit it. Finally, like even if you thought they stole it at the polls, which we've always said, eh, 
Maybe, maybe not. Who knows? But they definitely change laws to help their cause on a state level. Uh, <laughs> My hunch would be this is the, the WB. Uh, we can leave it at that, yeah. So, uh, But yeah, he admitted that it was stolen, which was progress. It just a little so, bit of progress. So he said way. basically exactly what the atheist uh, Sam Harris said, which is anything that the left does to keep Trump out of office is perfectly fine with him. Uh, and no matter how corrupt Hunter Biden, he, I think his exact was words were Hunter Biden could be uh, guilty of like of of like killing babies, and he still wouldn't. No, that that's would still not that's Joe be, Biden that does that. That would still not be as bad as Trump University. Mm. Uh, let's get back to vaccines. So I, this is a you're gonna like this. So I told you my dad when we went over spring break had to go in the hospital and had. Uh, what was it? it was some kind of like cephalitis or some crap. Uh, and we found out afterwards he had just gotten his second shing- shingles vaccination and his doctor even admitted to him that could very likely be what caused your issues. And then I found out my mother-in-law, I don't know, maybe I've never gotten a, have I gotten a shingles vaccine? I, certainly not in my adult life. I don't think, but I think that's new. Uh, I think older people are getting it because my yeah. mother-in-law also got it, and she said her fir- she's due for her second second one, and the first one she said made her like just feel like deathly ill for a couple days, and uh, and so Aaron was telling her about my dad's situation, like hey maybe rethink that. Uh, so yeah, and the doctor even said maybe that's what caused it. Yeah. Don't know what so the kind shingles of vaccine could there, be causing but... severe complications like encephalitis, but the mRNA jabs are totally not creating any havoc at all. Right, right. So right. he just had his hip replaced though this week. Uh, my dad did. Damn, having a rough go. Yeah, make sure to keep. Well, he was due to have the hip replacement the week that he got sick, so he couldn't do it. Um, so we've known all along that first it's transgenderism, then it's pedophilia, and I sent you. You said you didn't even want to Google it, but I said, just Google United Nations sex with minors. Dude, it is everywhere. Everywhere. Thankfully, I didn't have to Google it. I listened to Louder with Crowder uh, yesterday on a bike ride and got way more than just the headline uh, that you mentioned. Do you have the text from the uh, articles about what was what came up in March? No. No, but this is the International Commission of Jurists published a report claiming... That's what I'm talking about. Yeah, okay. That. that sexual conduct involving persons below the domestically prescribed minimum age of consent to sex may be consensual in fact, if not in law. Keep reading. Criminal law should reflect the rights and capacity of persons under 18 years of age to make decisions about engaging in sexual conduct and the right to be heard in matters concerning them. Right. So what they just said was, in layman's terms... Minors can consent, even if the law says they can't. Mm-hmm. And the nations that are part of the UN, UN umbrella should change laws to allow minor consent to keep people who engage with sex with minors from being criminally liable for doing so. Yeah, that's what that yes. says. So, yeah. In summary, the UN, this is just basically what you said. In summary, the UN thinks adults should be able to have sex with minors and that at the very minimum, countries that set the age of consent at 18 years old should repeal it. Exactly what you just said. It should also be noted that the UN has been at the center of various child sex abuse scandals, including 700 abuse complaints made against UN peacekeepers in Congo in a child sex ring in Haiti. Yep. This is the UN. Yeah. The United States gave 12 billion 
2021 to the to the UN, which is 21% of its annual fiscal budget. So that's what Crowder gets into uh, extensively in yesterday's episode. It's real dark. Dude, they have an audio clip of a lady official during the Obama administration who is now like the U.S. envoy to Greece or something. Um explaining she's talking during the Obama administration about the horrible record of the UN's sexual abuse during their quote peacekeeping efforts all around the world. Have you ever heard of the blue hats? No. See, this is something I think a lot of Americans, I just became aware of it. First time I ever heard about it was probably a year and a half ago, listening to no agenda. It's one of those things they've been talking about in the whole 15 years they've been, uh, doing their show, but it's not like a regular drum beat that they are banging on. So anyway, the blue hats are basically military force sent in by the UN for their peacekeeping efforts in places like the Congo and Uganda and more closer, I guess, to home Uruguay. There's a places video where it's real easy to rape kids in the third world. There's a video of blue hats in uniform in Uruguay sexually assaulting an 18 year old boy so yes yeah <laughs> yeah one of like you said 700 something it's just like they do it with impunity they go into these places oh it sounds like modern day Democrats. they commit the assault or they put these children into pro- child prostitution and there's no mechanism for holding them accountable what they do is when a complaint is filed or levied against individuals they send them back to their home country and then they say, the UN says, it's up to the home country to decide whether to do something about this or not. Well, guess what? They don't because nine times out of 10, it's like, well, that wasn't even on our soil. So what are we supposed to do about it? How would we even investigate this? We don't even have to the jurisdiction. So just over with, they end up, getting, end up getting redeployed. Happens again. Apparently, the UN is the devil. The devil's yeah. playground anyway. Well, that, and now anyone that's trying to normalize pedophilia and they don't put an age. If you were, if, if you said, okay, a high school senior and a high school sophomore or junior where they were 18 and 17 years old. Should that guy be a sex offender? In my opinion, no. He should Crowder not. made that exact point, and I think we've made that point. Yeah, absolutely. There are Now, right. there's a difference between that and, say, a 12-year-old. Or there's a difference between that and being in uniform. Being in, I don't even care if the uniformed UN you know, soldier or whatever they are is 18 and assaulting a 17-year-old. If you're on foreign soil conducting official United Nations business, you have no business sexually assaulting anybody under the age of 18. How about you just have no business sexually assaulting anyone ever? Period. Fair. Especially minors. But the main point here is they're now saying, hey, everybody change your laws to protect pedophilia, you know, to protect pedophiles, basically. And this is, are we surprised? Drag no. queen story. We've been hour? saying this is coming. Yeah. Okay. So here's here, here's where I'm going now. Minor attracted persons. If if straight strippers were trying to do provocative strip teases for kids, what would the public's reaction be? It'd be an uproar. Probably, yeah. I mean, it, I think it would be the same as the way the public's reacting to the drag queen story hour thing. Yes, but which is a hundred, which is diametrically opposed to the way the media and the wild ass leftists are responding to it yeah but because you're mentally ill we grant concessions because you're the one percent we all have to pander to you so my question is why are the trannies so adamant that they have the right to perform sexual dances in front of kids if 
the end goal isn't similar to what this United Nations uh, press release is about. There's literally not any I mean, other option. In my the world lesbian sister-in-laws ever... will tell me, "Hey, they're you know transgender people, blah blah blah. They're not. They're not. For, they're not. That's not who they are." But what, why are the trannies so adamant about performing sex acts in front of kids? And okay, so first of all, I've no other before. segment of the population is advocating that we have to do sexual dances in front of children. No, nobody else. Gay, straight. No, it's just the transgender people. No, it's not the transgender people. It's the leftists who want to undermine society by destroying families. Well, the transgender they're using people are the, the trans ones that issue. are doing it. First of all, drag queens are not transgender. Drag queens are people who put on a character and dance around and do a show. A lot of times they're not even gay. A lot of times they are. Right? So, no, a lot of these, I don't, dra- a lot of these modern day drag queens are transgender, 100%. They'll, if you watch interviews with them, they will say they are. They're, they're men, but they say they're women. They are. Okay, maybe nowadays that's the case because transgenderism has become this big fad. But my point is, it's the advocates that want to destroy our society that are pushing it, not specifically the trans people themselves. It's those who are utilizing the trans people as a as the cause du jour uh, crowbar to destroy families and society. They're the ones that are pushing it. Some of those may be trans themselves, but not all of them are. You want to talk about destroying society. I have a clip for you right here, my friend. Let me pull this bad boy up. This is um, this is on Dr. Phil, and this is renowned civil rights activist Bob Woodson. Let's talk about destroying families, and he'll even dive a little bit into uh, reparations at the very beginning. But take a listen to this. I don't want to get your take. Sector, you will find there were about 3,700 free blacks who owned 12,000 slaves, black slaves. The question is, do the descendants of those free blacks who owned black slaves, do they pay? Blacks really uh, benefited more the first 100 years after slavery than we have in the last 50 years. I was born in 1937 during the Depression. Everyone in my small, low-income black community 98% of the households had a man and a woman raising children. Elderly people could walk safely in that community without fear of being assaulted by their grandchildren. Never heard a gunfire during that time. Never heard of a child being uh, shot to death in the crib. But there are 50 children today who have been shot and killed in our cities. If you talk, you're talking about remedies, we've got to look beyond of saying that, that every solution has to have a, a, a winner and a loser, that blacks can only benefit if whites lose. We have to be defined more than just victims of oppression. Right out of the gate, he says the taboo thing about African-Americans owning African-Americans. And should the descendants of those people have to pay into reparations? Interesting question. Yep. It's going to make everything pretty muddy and complicated. Yes. Uh, but... Then what you're just talking about is destroying society. And he goes right to being born in 1937 in, in his low income African-American community. 98% of the households had a mother and a father. Yeah. And we've detailed how specifically like the, you know, public housing project system and, and basically welfare put restrictions on the ability to collect those benefits if there was a man in the house. So the government actually, actively drove fathers away from mothers. Do you think the government understood the repercussions when they did it? 
I do. Yeah. Yeah. Hundred percent. I, because- I, I think there's things that the government does where they're like, dude, Marx wrote ooh. about it in 1850. I'm not saying you're wrong on this. I'm just. I think there's things where the government. There are I don't, think, I don't think everything the government does is is derived to screw us over. There are like unintended days, consequences. There are unintended is. consequences for sure. But if the government takes an action that the communist, you know, countries of this world had already written extensively about and done themselves, then I'm going to assume that those SOBs knew it. Mm-hmm. And they figure out clever ways to make it seem super reasonable. But the goal was absolutely to destroy families. Start And, and Mofax talks about this all the time. You want to you want to see where, you know, where you guys are at, white boys? Just check out where we were 30 years ago. Because it starts there. That's the, mm-hmm. I mean, the reality is there is such a thing as systemic systemic racism. And there is such a thing as, as uh, what's the word I'm looking for? White superiority, white, uh, what's that word? I don't know. Someone to lay out on you. I don't know. Like <laughs> White supremacy. Um, but it's, it it's. Like all the time, like every other instance, it's the left that are the ones creating the systematic systemic oppression. It's the left that are the actual white supremacists. Well, you can tell because every and there democratic are, city is the same situation. That's what I'm saying, 100%. Yeah. And they blame it on the right, and they claim that, oh, well, because the right doesn't want to help. They want to spend money on these causes, so see, they're racist. And it's like, no, we just know that money doesn't fix it. See? all the other stuff we're already talking about. So they're able to just project it. They're like, we talk about it, which means we care. And we do all kinds of things that actually makes it worse. We care so much that we'll defund the police in the places that need the police the most. How about that? Ding. There's the bell. Um, He also mentioned, though, that there doesn't have to be a winner and a loser, which I thought was pretty... Yeah, that's that's a very important concept, right? That goes against what you see in the media and politics today is right for black people to benefit. White people have to be the loser. It's called a zero sum game. Mm. The leftists consider it a zero sum game. And this guy's point is why can't everybody prosper? Which he agreed when he was a kid. Yes, it was low income, but it was safe. And he didn't make it. He never once made it sound like it was a bad childhood. Doesn't sound like it. At a bare minimum, he had a supportive family structure. And he was and everybody making it sound else like today's kids are getting bad childhood. So, and he pointed out the reasons why. Um, so interesting stuff there from civil rights activist Bob Woodson dropping some truth bombs. What about Patty Luponi? Is that how you say her name? I don't even know. But she was on The View. I think she was a guest contributor uh, this past week. And this is what she had to say. I know they don't have a ton of viewers, but it's important to <laughs> give it a listen. I'm going to get in trouble. But I have said this before, and it's been in print. I don't know what the difference between our Christian right and the Taliban is. I have no idea what the difference is. You're not the only person who has said that. I don't. I, I just don't know what the difference is. Yeah. What's happening in this country right now in the name of religion is so dangerous. Yeah. Before- that was also Whoopi that said, you're not the only one who said that. I'm not sure that the view does matter. You say it's important. I'm not sure that it is. But I, I think when nationally syndicated TV shows are going on and saying that the that Christians are the same thing as the Taliban, that it's worth noting 100%. I know, but if, because if a tree, if, if if a tree falls in the forest and there's nowhere, nobody there to hear it, does it make a sound? Yeah, but you're and also Patty makes, Lupin. I don't know. Guest contributor on The View, like I said. Don't get me wrong. 
There are plenty of people that are saying saying that. I'm Dude, sure Eber Mexican. It's just a little bitty fire. I'm sure Eber Mexican but... nutted himself when he heard it. Wow. <laughs> uh, that was pretty pretty out there for you. <laughs> there are some boundaries we have to be able to push. What happened to One Nation Under God? These people don't realize what this country was founded on. And it's not that they don't realize, it's that they don't like it and they in fact hate it and they're trying to destroy it. That is a different thing. I don't which doesn't make any sense because you have the most prosperous country in the history of the modern world. And the idea is let's, it's not good enough. It. Let's destroy it. I don't understand. It's not a utopia. It's not good enough. It's certainly not a utopia for one Pete Buttigieg, who is our, what is he? Our, uh, our, uh, transportation, no, secretary. transportation secretary. Are you about to share with me how the fact that apparently there's high percentages of, Black and brown people getting killed in auto accidents is further proof of racism. I am. Let's take a listen. This is with Al Sharpton. At a crisis when it comes to roadway fatalities in America, we lose about 40,000 people every year. It's a level that's comparable to gun violence. And we see a lot of racial disparities, black and brown Americans, tribal citizens and rural residents much more likely to lose their lives, whether it's in a car or as a pedestrian being hit by a car. There are a lot of reasons uh, related to discrimination, related to uh, even the ways that roads are designed and built. Who has access to uh, a safe street design that's got crosswalks and good lighting? Who doesn't have that access? That can drive disparities. And we have a, a responsibility to act on that. Al Sharpton, by the way, is looking back at him with a blank stare on his face, but then is like, well, I guess I should nod my head in agreement since I'm a race baiter myself. I just hope that people see those things. I hope that middle of the road, you know, left of center, center Democrats, um, like many of those that we love, are, list, are seeing those clips and, and, the, and their eyes are open enough and they're not so blinded by race-baiting propaganda that they can look at that and be like, really? Like, I think that has to be the title of this episode, Roads Are Racist. <laughs> we had a conversation about this very recently. <laughs> oh, sorry. Uh, let me, I'm, okay, I'm going to switch Wi-Fi's real quick because I'm getting, I'm getting some static. If the road isn't in as good of shape, let me ask this question. If the road's not in as good of shape in, say, like uh, a rundown part of town, I think you would be going slower because the road is in worse shape in that area of town. Would you not? Or would you be going faster on a road that's in crappy condition? I tell you what, I'm gonna. I'm, I'm making a rule for myself that I'm just not going to engage in nonsense. It's important that we describe it. It's important that we share it. But I don't know how to. I don't know how to. I don't know how to wrestle with stupidity. I don't know I, how every to time wrestle. I get on a really bumpy road, I slow down and I'm like more cautious when I'm driving, <laughs> as opposed to the opposite. If that's his claim, because he didn't even say that. He didn't even say, "Well, the roads are in worse condition." in lower income areas because you know cities you know, they pay for the roads anyway so i don't you know where roads really suck in the country where the white farmers live he did Just say FYI. that FYI. He, he mentioned rural rural folk being on that list um but it was very 
you know, much than afterthought. But he, he actually did say that. I caught that when I heard it yesterday. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Everything that guy says is cockadoo. And he doesn't even show up when we have all these, you know, trains flying off the rails and plowing into chemical plants and making natural disasters in Ohio. I mean, he's just MIA. Switching one last time. Par for the course for Chisholm, by the way. And I can say whatever I want because he's frozen in off the Wi-Fi now. Oh, he's back. back. Uh-huh. I was just bad-mouthing you. I had to move to the central hub. I didn't say anything real terrible about you other than it's par for the course with you. Um, I don't really have much else other than maybe uh, Elon's really been sticking it to the left. I know you're always skeptical of him, and, and I am too. Yeah, But uh, he had a, the British journalist on... Uh, I, I don't even know where that interview was taking place. It was, in the BBC. it was on the BBC. And the journalist was saying since he's taken over, I don't have the clip pulled up, but Twitter's been so full of hate speech and has been a hostile environment. And Elon's like, show me one example. And he, he can't give him it an example. So bad. It was so bad, dude. He was like, he was like, well, I've, he's like, have you seen that yourself? And he was like, oh yeah, I, I've seen an uptick in my feed. And he's like, okay, so of what? And he goes, well, there seems to be an uptick in, uh, you know, or he's like, give me an example of what would be considered like, you know, hate speech. And he goes, well, um, if you, um, what did he say? Like, there's, there's a, you know what he he said? said, He said a slight increase in like sexist rhetoric. And he goes, so a slight increase in whatever sexist rhetoric is should be banned. And he goes, well, I'm not really saying that. And he goes, okay, well, give me a, an actual example from your feed. And he's like, well, I actually haven't even looked at that feed in three or four weeks. And he's, yeah. he's like, okay, so now you're saying you're not even looking at it, but you said you saw it. Dude, it was, he, he worked that guy. He worked that guy to the point where he was like, I think we should just move on. It was so pathetic. Dude. And then there, but there was even more important stuff after that. So here's a great example of how even conservative media, what, what Steven Crowder calls big con, hides the ball. So they want to get you all pissed off about him beating this guy up over uh, hate speech. Mm -hmm. But the very next segment of the conversation, this BBC interviewer brings up the fact that they're no longer banning COVID misinformation. And he's like, what's with that? And Elon's response to that was, Who's to say what COVID information misinformation is? He goes, for example, your very network was saying that everybody had to get vaccinated to stop the spread of the virus and the vaccines never stopped the spread of the virus and they weren't even intended to. So what about your COVID misinformation? And the dude immediately was like, well, let's move on. Yeah. yeah. Why didn't we hear about that? I don't know. But why isn't, why isn't the Daily Wire playing that part on all of their different podcasts? It's a great point. It yeah. is a great point. I wish um, I had that ready. It'd be good to hear that part, but yeah. So look it up. What What would you say if uh, the government had access to your private direct messages on a social media platform? Would you be surprised? I would say I know they do. Yeah. Well, here's Elon on with Tucker. Uh, various government agencies had effectively had full access to everything that was going on on Twitter uh, blew my mind. Um, I was not aware of that. Would that include people's DMs? Uh, yes. Wow. Wow. Big brother, watching your DMs. No wonder I'm the most shadow banned account on Instagram. 
they if they if they see what I put out there on my general feed, they'd hate to see what's going on in my DMs. But they probably already see it anyway. <clears throat> yeah, they do. Mm-hmm. But so here's the. I don't want to call Elon a pawn in this game, but maybe he is. But he's a pretty big, a pretty big pawn on the chessboard of what's going on. Chisholm stuffing his face while we're recording. Stuffing his face. I'm pretty hungry. Uh huh. Was there a question there? I don't. I thought you were. Yeah, what is? What out. is? I mean, analyze it further because you. Yeah, you know, here's the guy who's received more funding from the government than anyone else, but he keeps coming out as this beacon of free speech. I've sort of touched on this before, but I think they're, it's one of two things. They're either, well, they're undoubtedly both leftist and more conservative people throughout our government. There's millions and millions of people employed by the government, right? Um, The other day I heard there's like 3 million people that have top secret clearance. Do you know that? Mm. So that whole, we haven't even talked about that. I have a family who has that. This Ukraine, this Ukraine leak, you do Mm -hmm. this Ukraine leak where they arrested a 21 year old kid who, by the way, was like an airman in the National Guard who had access to top secret documents, who was 21 years old. How does that happen? Mm. How do you have access to that? He's like a fall guy in this situation, as far as I can tell. But what he posted was Ukraine's losing. No way. Russia's had like a third as many casualties as Mark Milley claims that they have. No way. The whole thing is a big propaganda stunt, right? Like he put, he just, he put a bunch of documents out there that prove that the whole thing is a sham that other countries were spying on other countries that are supposed to be our allies like Israel. There's always this push and pull. That's either legitimate, you know, American constitutionalist versus you know, revolutionary leftists, or it's the powers that be using basically, you know, much like, much like the party in 1984 always had to have a war to fight. Right. But it was always an external war. Mm -hmm. Maybe they're just like creating a war of distraction internally while they continue to pick our pockets. And Elon is just the controlled opposition to the current leftist uprising. And Hey, maybe that means that the pendulum is swinging back a little bit. That'd be cool. Um, but it's not going to swing all the way back. That never happens. Yeah. Right. It's the same thing I, I see with Joe Rogan now, though. I've said that a hundred times, you know, at a surface level, you listen to Joe and you think he's this torch wielding, you know, truth teller. Right. But then he gets somebody on there who doesn't ever muzzle themselves and he calls every spade a spade. And they want to talk about how there was something called event 201, um, which was a planned simulation in October of 2019 with the Gates Foundation, the World Economic Forum, and Johns Hopkins University, where they had a simulation about a coronavirus escaping from a lab in China, or a wet market, I'm sorry, in China, creating a global pandemic. A year later, we would have... uh... Wasn't even a year later. It was happening two months later. Wasn't it was Weird. 20. They've already proven there were COVID cases on the Pacific Northwest as like early as like November. Huh. Right. In fact, when they did the thing in October, there were already cases going on in China at like the Chinese, like what they call like the military games. But either way, six months later, for sure, is when all of us knew about it and we were being forced to wear masks and not allowed to go to work and stuff. Right. My point is, he brings real truth tellers on. And when that comes up, he totally just like, haphazardly kind of stoner boy style is like, 
we're going to go off over here and we're not even going to talk. I don't even know what you're talking about. I don't know. Yeah. Mm. Right. And then, then he even like, he, he totally deflected, totally changed gears multiple times. This has happened. And then he would be like, so what's this event two one thing. And by then the guy's like thought train of thought was like, uh, it was like a, he couldn't explain it. That happens so often. Right. He brings Matt Walsh on to talk about transgender stuff, which they agree on. But then he spends the next two thirds of the show beating Matt Walsh up about the fact that he thinks the term marriage just like the terms male and female and man and woman should have a meaning that doesn't change. And he sits there and he tries to explain that he's not necessarily in favor of the government saying that, you know, two gay people can't have some sort of formal relationship where they can have health insurance together, but it shouldn't be called a marriage. And Joe just wants to spend two thirds of the time beating him up and not even listening to him, not even hearing him out. Right. Mm -hmm. Well, so, okay. Right now, Elon's saying a bunch of things we really like in the meantime, He's turning Twitter into an online banking platform. So what's his real agenda? One to be skeptical of, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. My point is there's such a thing as controlled opposition. And I think both of them are that. So maybe it'll stop the spent pendulum from going further towards communism or slow it down or something. But <laughs> It's just unbelievable. Like I said, I'll go back to just, if it's not broke, don't fix it. Yes, try to improve on it. but try to destroy something that's been the most prestigious, profitable country of all time. I, I just, it's mind blowing that you want to destroy that and bring in things that like, Oh, there's a track record here. Every time we've tried socialism and communism, it hasn't worked. So let's try that. That's a good idea. Did we talk the other day? I think it was in March when um, Elon went back to California and did a press conference with Gavin Newsom where they were hugging and mugging for the camera because Gavin had, helped get some, some concessions that like reduce some taxes on one of Elon's businesses there. Gross. Yeah. That's gross. Huh. Well, okay. There it is. So what about Chicago? Be skeptical of him. Uh, you mean just hoodlums running wild? Which yeah. is like in the new, in the new mayor is like, Hey, we're not even going to do anything about it. What's the, that's no different than just walking into a, well, that's why Walmarts and Walgreens and everything else are closing up in California. Cause you can just walk in and walk out with $800 worth of apparel or whatever it is you want to steal and nothing happens. Yeah. It's way worse than that. This hardcore leftist you're talking about hardcore, like they recalled their current, their old mayor, Beetlejuice, mm -hmm. Lori Lightfoot because of the descendants into hell of the city. And then they paired the candidates down to two, both Democrats, one of whom was kind of like, hey, let's clean up the streets and get a control of crime. And the other whom was like, I'm for defunding the police and always have been. And he's the one that got elected. So, you I mean, know what, though, dude, it's their own damn fault. If, if that's what you want to vote for, if the vote is even if it even mattered. But I don't you know, I'm not going to cry for you. You vote these people into power. They don't care about you. You're an idiot. You're all idiots. You're morons. That's not what I'm saying. I don't That's have what I'm a bit of sympathy for Chicagoans right now. You got rid of your horrible mayor and you had a chance to put in someone that just may have been a little bit better and instead you slammed it in reverse and like, let's get someone that's actually more terrible than Beetlejuice in here. Right. So they had over the weekend, I don't know if it was thousands, but a huge mob of wild rioting teens, you know, just looting, burning, breaking, just run amok. They were... There was actually a, an interracial couple, a black man and a white woman that got assaulted by these people and had to be rescued by a black lady who's going on the offensive. She's on Fox News as of last night saying, I'm confronting Lori Lightfoot and this new Brandon, whatever his name is. 
they're the ones that are creating this chaos and allowing it. But the new guy is like, we're not going to demonize the youth for expressing youthful, you know, vigorous, youthful energy uh, for their causes that they support. Mm. Otherwise, in other words, just keep burning stuff. We like it. Yeah, it's mostly peaceful. Yeah. All right. I got to run. Uh, that is going to do it for episode 123 of Justified Pursuit. For Chisholm Cook, I'm Cable Smith. We'll see you guys next time. That was a delicious taco. Stay off those racist roads. <laughs>